Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. of BAMS Radio on Blog Talk Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Kerry Clark of BAMAMag.com. I'm joined, as always, by Drew DeArmond of AlabamaIntel.com and manning the controls, Thomas the Rock Watts of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. We have a very, very busy lineup tonight. Uh, we are currently efforting to reach uh, Alabama commitment Anthony Jennings, defensive lineman out of Dadeville. Uh, we have another commitment this week, um, from Rodney Orr to come on at 8.30, and at the top of next hour, Epic. the newest member of the Alabama family and his dad, Drew, tell us who's coming on at 9 tonight. We are very honored uh, tonight at 9 o'clock. We will be joined by uh, Mr. Barnett, of course, the father of one Blake Barnett of Corona, California, Santiago High School, uh, the, the quarterback today that around 11 o'clock, our time central, uh, 9 o'clock his time, uh, committed to the University of Alabama. Very excited about that, Kerry. Talked to his high school coach today, who will be on our show next week, Jeff Steinberg, and uh, had a lot of uh, insight into his recruitment and, his, into, and, and, into, and into Blake as a player. And uh, just a, it's a very exciting time. I think it's always good when you get the quarterback in the class, and in this case I think it's a very good player. And you sent me some uh, video on him when I was watching him. And uh, extremely very athletic young man. He can run it. He can throw it. Um, maybe a couple of things to correct with the mechanics, but uh, nothing Lane Kiffin can't handle. Uh, you know, when you're watching him run the ball, whether it's designed or not, he looks like he is faster than the 4.85 he was clocked at the last combine where he was timed. I just wonder how accurate that was. Well, I, I, it's funny you add, you say that. I asked Coach Steinberg today. I said, uh, Coach, a, a, a very good friend of mine who's in the same business as I am, we were watching film last night, and uh, and we've been watching film the last couple of days. How fast is he really? And his first, the first thing out of his mouth was, when he's scared? And I said, yeah, I guess so. And he said, well, he said, to be honest, last time at one of, the, one, of the, at one of the combines, he was clocked in the uh, in the four sevens. And uh and, I, and that's what I'd guess. I'd guess 4.65 to 4.7, probably 4.7, and that's what he said. And I think he's got really good mobility. 
and we'll talk more about Blake later because I think I, he's going to bring a lot of different things to the table. But I do believe we've got our first guest on, Kerry. We do, and uh, you lined him up, young man from Dadeville. Not normally a place we get players for Alabama, but got got this one at least verbally committed. Go ahead and introduce him, Drew. Absolutely. I, I, our, I want to introduce to the BAM's audience tonight. We're honored to be joined by you know one of the top players in the state of Alabama, uh, Dadeville, uh, defensive end, uh, tight end, wide receiver, got many talents, but Anthony Jennings is now going to join us on BAM's radio. Anthony, uh, welcome to the show, man. Well, uh, great, great to have you. We're, we're honored for you to come on. And uh, I guess the first thing for you is just kind of uh, just for our audience uh, who maybe haven't seen you play or haven't, uh, you know, heard you interview or whatever, just kind of tell the audience, you know, where you're from and kind of uh, about yourself as a player. Um, I'm from Dale. Dale, I was long. played DN, tight end, one on 13, class 2015. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and we're really excited to have you on, man. And the first thing we want to ask you is, obviously, the thing that really, you know, set everybody uh, – we, we, we were all excited when you verbally committed extremely early in the process, but kind of talk to us about what why you made the decision so early to commit to Alabama. So I just thought the um, best thing to do, that's why I wanted to go. So I go ahead and get out the way. Right, and and also just kind of talk about you know, I know you you your head your your coaches have said you've really improved over the last uh, year especially, and you really started to come into your own. But just kind of what are your what do you think your strengths are as a football player? Oh, I see my head, I can move. Uh, I come out the head. I love that. Uh, and I, I I'm a good tackle. Right. Yeah, Anthony, uh, this is from BamaMag.com, Scout.com. Uh, i got to ask you, you know, Bama hadn't got a ton of players from Dadeville. The last one was a JUCO defensive back by the name of Brad Ford. Uh, that's been a while. Uh, how has been the reaction of uh, the people around Dadeville that are normally a lot of Auburn fans to your commitment to Alabama? Uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna say a little, uh, their little thing. All that kind of stuff, but they've been very supportive and stuff like that. They support me in whatever I do. They uh they behind me. Uh, well yeah, you gonna have your all fan. They are gonna say little stuff, stuff like that. Another I question I always like to uh, I like to ask the defensive players. Uh, looking back at your uh, career since you started playing varsity, uh, what's the hardest in a game that you remember hitting anybody? Uh. Um, I think it was a Russell County game. I got sprung around. I just, I just cleaned them out. All right, that's good. So it was a running back? Yes, sir. He ran through the middle. He spun, and then I, I just cleaned it. Nice. Well, uh, we, I wanted to also ask you, Anthony, I know – uh, one of the things, first things we heard coming out of last week uh, when you came to camp at Alabama at the OLDO campus, kind of how well you performed uh, as, a de- as, as a defensive end. Uh, just kind of talk about your performance. We heard that it was extremely dominant, man. Yes, sir. It, it, I thought I did a very good job. Uh, it, it was super fun. I had a great time working with the coaches. 
I was just out there having right. fun. And when I have fun, I play really good. And I guess the one thing we wanted to ask you is, first of all, I mean, who is who is your lead recruiter for Alabama? Uh, Chris Martin. Okay, well, I thought it was, but I wanted you to confirm that. But I guess he's done a great job recruiting. You talk about the relationship you have with Coach Smart. Uh, we have a very, very, very firm relationship. Uh, we talk all the time. Uh, he's very cool. Treat me like his son. Uh, we got a pretty good relationship. Absolutely. Well, and, and then also, I wanted to have they. I know there's been some speculation, you know, about what position you could play because you're you're, you're a great athlete. First of all, I've seen some film of you play wide receiver. Have they told you, you know, where they were, what position they're recruiting you for, and where you're going to play? Oh, uh, they they have me choose if I want to play on the offensive side or the defensive side. I um, prefer the defensive side, but wherever they can use me, at, I play. Right. Anthony, I'm going to ask you a question very similar to one I asked a couple of weeks ago to your future teammate, uh, Rashawn Evans, out of Auburn High. Uh, but I'm going to have to push the clock up a little bit because uh, Nick Marshall won't be here when you played Alabama. So let's wind the clock ahead two years. And uh, the game is at Jordan-Hare, the Iron Bowl. And uh, by this time, Jeremy Johnson is quarterback in Auburn. And it's third down, and they send you into the game just to rush the quarterback. You whip the offensive tackle. Looks like you got a clean shot on Jeremy. Uh, what's next? Like, what would you do when you, you see you got a clean shot on him? Damn it, he just dropped. Um... Well, okay. <laughs> I, no, I just I real I looked at it as I looked up. His call dropped as you finished your question. Uh, okay. Well, maybe maybe we can get him back. Me and Drew can talk a little bit while you try to get him back. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. He, yeah. He, I think there's a chance, guys. If you know, there, as I'm sure you guys saw on Twitter, Jalen Harris is going to commit next Tuesday at St. James High School. And I hope that's a good sign. My my gut is telling me Auburn right now because mm-hmm. of the mother. But we will see if he does go ahead and pledge to Auburn. I think Jennings, despite the fact he was dominant at defensive end with a, being 6'3", 260 pounds and the way he moves, it would not surprise me, depend, depending on how the you know the defensive class fills out, if he ends up getting a look at tight end like Michael Williams. And, and if, I think he can get enough athletes well, to If do. Auburn does get Jalen, um, now they're talking about one of Keaton Anderson's teammates is possibly a late bloomer at tight end at Florence. One second, guys. Hello. <laughs> live on the air. Yeah, live on the air. Yeah, we got you. My, my guy's going to call you right back, the one that called you a few minutes ago. Here we go. Okay. Obviously, I'm getting Thanks, back. <laughs> All right. Drew and his mute button. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's I, 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 I can handle it. Yeah, that. what I was saying, Drew, is it looks like there may be a tight end at Florence that may get a look if Jalen goes to Auburn. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, one of Keaton's teammates, uh, do I have his name in front of me? No, but. Uh, he is a, a rising senior tight end at Florence High. We, if we had known him, he probably was one of those guys over at Keaton's house the other night, but at the time uh, I didn't realize that, you know, he was getting late book from Alabama. But um, I'm hoping Jalen won't pick Auburn. Uh, but I guess with Perry and McCracken and Lutzenker, coaching staff at St. James, 
Um, he probably might might be a little bit of an upset. <laughs> if he, I don't know. It just seemed like that he was one of those guys that was ready. Oh, I agree. I mean, I I, I told him when I interviewed him a couple of days ago, I thought he was going to commit to Alabama when he came back on a visit <clears throat> so quickly. But he, like he told me, he just wanted his father to uh, to experience the place. And then, you know, his father had had experienced LSU, and he wanted to see that. And then, you know, and then uh, Auburn offered him. And so that kind of changed the dynamic. But I think we've got Anthony back, uh, see, Kerry. So go ahead with your question. Are you back, Anthony? Yes, I'm back. Okay, let me start my question over. We're going to push the clock ahead uh, about uh, about a year and a half, uh, two years. And uh, it's Iron Bowl down in Auburn. There's people from Dayville in the stands. Uh, you get sent into the game to uh, rush a quarterback on third down. Uh, now it's Jeremy Johnson in because Nick's graduated. And you whip the offensive tackle, and you got a clean shot at Jeremy coming up. Uh, what happens next? <laughs> Take your head off. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Good, answer. Good, good answer. I was a loser. I'm gonna totally. take his head off. I'm trying. I'm gonna <laughs> hit the ball with it. You know, I'm gonna try to make a big play, make a fumble with it. But for, for, for most definitely, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to the ground. Well, you need to. <clears throat> Absolutely, Anthony. That's that's a great that's a great answer, and it's frank an answer as we've heard. But uh, and, and you know, I, I guess we I still want to kind of expand on the. Uh, on the uh, the performance at the camp, just kind of talk about you know how, you know what, what, how you who, who you who you performed, who you went up against, who impressed you, and uh, and and also I guess since you were lining up at the end, uh, I guess you got to work closely with Bo Davis. How was your relationship with Coach Davis? Uh, we got a pretty um, good relationship. Uh, it's, it's almost like me and Coach Kirby. But Coach Kirby, he's been on since I was in ninth grade, so uh, right. he's on me got a little time. But me and Coach Bo, we uh, I love him. Uh, we, we have a great relationship. Uh, he he's a great coach, and he t- he taught me a lot. And that one day I stayed on there, so I'm I'm ready to go to him so I can learn a lot more. I know I have a lot to learn. And I guess uh, do you remember who who kind of stood out to you that you went on? Well, I know you beat just about everybody you went up against, but who were some of the kids that stood out to you as far as their talent that you went up against one on one? Uh, it was a couple offensive linemen. Uh, they were they were great. Uh, uh, I just can't I can't remember that name. Uh, but they were they were, they did a great job. Yeah, I, I think I know one of them, and I I think you'll remember if I what does the name Brandon Kennedy ring a bell? Yeah, that's him. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, yes, we've heard about him uh, from uh, Wetumpka, Alabama. So he so he is the real deal. Yes, sir. Excellent. Well, uh, we've we've heard he's an excellent interior lineman. Matter of fact, I think you were about the only one that beat him in the camp. At least that's what I was told, uh, that you were the only one that were able to give him some problems. But but I I will say, I mean, I I know you're getting ready for your senior season. You're putting in the work. What do you think right now as a football player? What do you think your strengths are as a football player? I think in in the the defensive side of the football. I mean, I can play offensive side, but I, I just love to, to hit people. Basically, uh, I like learning more about defensive side of the football. Uh, I just love it. Yeah, cause that that was a, that, that, that's an excellent answer because obviously some people are, are you want to what you, that's how you kind of figure out what side of the ball you want to be on. Are you an offensive guy or a defensive guy? So you consider yourself a defensive guy. 
So what do you think you need to work on as a player before your senior season to get better? Uh, I think my instincts, my 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 pass ability, my instincts, recognizing the pass quicker, uh, getting off quicker, uh, using my hand more, and keep tackling, make continue making better, uh, getting better at firm tackling and all that kind of stuff. And, and get my, uh, I'm still working, I'm working on my speed too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I wanted to ask you, I mean, I've heard numbers, but how? What is your height? What were you measured as far as height and weight at Alabama? Uh, six two uh two sixty. Okay, so you are because I had seen you listed in the two forty. So you're up to two sixty now. Wow. So you've been yeah, definitely right. putting in the doing, putting in the work in the weight room. So, and well, and I guess another question for you is: Are you uh, as far as for the, the rest of this summer? Are you going to uh, are you going to go to are you going to return to Alabama for camp in July, or have you got any other camp visits you're going to make? Yeah, I plan on coming back in July. Are you going to work out, or are you just going to visit? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to visit. I might do uh, – Coach just told me to come. I just beat up my, my little brother coming. Uh, yeah, that's right, because your little brother – now, what class is he in? He's on the team with you at Dade, Bill, correct? Yes, sir. Well, and um, what class is he Okay, okay. And, and uh, is he a defensive back? Yes, sir. He played play defensive back and quarterback. Oh wow! Now did did he get to, did he come with you this past week or is he or is he just coming in July? Yeah, he came this weekend, but he didn't, he didn't participate. Right, he just got to watch you dominate, which <laughs> had to be fun. <laughs> well, and I and I guess one other question because you get a chance to see him behind the curtain where a lot of our fans do not, and the people, the listeners in our audience. But what is your relationship like with Nick Saban? What I'm sure he enjoyed watching you work. This weekend, what kind of what what did he tell you this weekend, and what kind of relationship do you have with Coach Saban? Uh, we got a pretty good relationship too. Uh, yeah, we, we don't talk. We, we talk, but we don't talk much. When, when we talk, it's purely business. <laughs> but sometimes we were throwing out a couple of jokes, but uh, you, you would take them really serious. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 I, I, I guess one I, I've never, I haven't had the pleasure until tonight of interviewing you, so. You, as far as your future, are you are you are you planning to try to academically enroll early? Or are you going to be a summer enrollee after you sign? Uh, I think I'm gonna be a summer enrollee. Okay. And is I, that because I, uh, because you play other sports, Anthony? No, uh, I think our school just got on block schedule, so we just like got the ability to do that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Anthony, I, I got to tell you what, man, it's been a quick, you know, uh, 20 minutes for us uh, as far as uh, you being on here. We've been, a, we've had a great time with you, but I guess the last, the last question would be, I mean, have you, have you, there's, there's a couple of questions we always like to ask our, uh, our, our guests as far as future players. Uh, a, I mean, what have you decided what you kind of want to major in, and and B, uh, what what have you just have you have, have you have do you have a number in mind to wear at the capstone? Uh, no, I don't think I I don't, I don't exactly know right now. I like uh, engineering and stuff like that. Right, and uh, do you hope to? Is there a certain number you've got your eye on? What number? Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I just thought maybe uh, I, I I know you wear. I think don't you wear thirteen in high school? So I didn't know oh, if yeah. that was maybe. That's a number I plan on getting. 
Oh, okay. So you want to wear 13? That, that's gutty right there, man. A lot of people think 13's unlucky, but obviously you you, you don't you, you don't subscribe to that theory. Yeah, sir. I love it, though. My girlfriend loves it too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all you got to know. Exactly, man. That's all you got to know. Well, well, Anthony, man, we appreciate you coming on BAMS Radio tonight and spending a little bit of time with us. Uh, we look forward to, you know, following your career into your senior season. It looks like you're primed for a breakout year, my man. I mean, you've come a long way in a year. Uh, you, you were dominant at the OLDL camp, which is huge. And uh, well, we 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 hope to uh, maybe have you on later in the process once you once uh, your senior season is uh, underway or or concluded. And uh, we really appreciate you for being on Bam's radio tonight, man. Thank you. There's uh, no problem. Thank you. Roll time, man. Roll time. There you have it, sports fans. Anthony Jennings, who wants to wear number thirteen. Ain't nobody gonna fight him over that number. I don't think. I don't think so. I mean, uh, we'll see. But I mean, I, I you know that's a he was big time this weekend, Kerry. He was unblockable. I mean, Brandon Kennedy. That was the only guy that I think beat Brandon Kennedy in the one on ones. And he's two hundred and sixty pounds. He's only six foot two. Uh, not you know ideal height for a defensive end, but could still play that. I could see him moving over to tight end. But and he's uh, he's obviously got the athletic ability. But you gotta love the fact he plays with a defensive mentality, and you can just tell it from the interview, man. Well, you know what, Drew? Though there's there's a lot of stressing about the um, the need to get another inline tight end to do the blocking stuff. You know what they're gonna do if they don't sign one? They're just gonna move Brandon Green back to tight end. Well, and you know, I, I think that could happen depending on you. I've been hearing good things about Ross Piersbacher. I mean, I think he'll still red shirt, but I think he's come in ready. Past an hour's come in. Look, look. I think it's looked the part. Uh, you know, you got still got Grant Hill there. If if there are some guys that step it up, I could easily see Brandon Green moving back. I think you're right there. And why not? I mean, that's if you don't sign one, or if you sign one that that needs to be bulked up in the weight room a little bit. Right. I mean, they're not going to use Brandon Green as a guy to throw the ball to. But I mean, the tight end most of the time is a glorified tackle, the inline guy, not the H back. The H back's a glorified fullback. But both those guys have to be able to block. So, I mean, Brandon played it decently last year. Maybe not great, but he played it decently. And if they have to move him back, they'll move him back. Absolutely. And I, I think, but I do think they want somebody. And I, and I do think they need an inline tight end. But, uh, but we'll see what happens there. I think uh, there has been a dearth of them. You know, I, I, I'm like, and I, as I've said, I, I'm not ready to write it in stone that Jalen Harris is going to Auburn. It's just a guess on my part. I could change five times between now and then. You know, based in, based on reading the tea leaves. I am surprised he moved it up this quick, Kerry, because when I talked to him two days ago, he was going to visit every at least his top three, which is Alabama, Auburn, LSU, one more time. Obviously, I guess he feels like that's not necessary. And so he set the announcement date, unless he does it this weekend, which who knows uh, this day and time with the way people travel. So we will right. see. But uh, as of right now, he's going to announce Tuesday, and we will find out what happens. Right. Either way, Alabama's going to be fine. Uh, there's really not a way that anybody can catch Alabama for the number one recruiting class as long as they hang on to what they got now. It's just a matter of who the last seven, maybe even eight guys are going to be. Well, and, I, and, 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 and you know, we're going to have Rodney Orr on here in a few minutes, everyone. And 
he's going to provide some more insight. But I got to tell you something. You know, Rodney and I have been talking about this for the last several days about this quarterback situation. And, and the more I see it, and you know, the more I looked at it, I was excited about both guys. But I really started watching a lot of film of Barnett the last two days, and I sent you some film, and I think I think I also sent you the Instagram throw from 50 yards away into a trash can. And yeah, you I, did. Yeah. And I think I'm really excited about this young man, and I got to tell you, you know, because Rodney will provide some insight too. Because we both talked to to Jeff Steinberg today, who was very forthcoming and very nice, uh, you know. And, and I was joking with him, Kerry, because I set up the interview last night, and I thought the process would go for another week or week and a half before a commitment happened, and I had no clue that I was going to be calling him 30 minutes after Barnett committed. But you know, he he he, he tweeted it out on. Uh, in, on Twitter, and then he, he did the interview with Bleacher Report to announce it, and it was all like, wow, okay, so he's committed. And, you know, he was able to give me some excellent insight. And the thing that excited me was, you know, and Rodney will, will, will expand on it too, but the thing is, everybody was talking about him not fitting the system and being a, a, a you know, a spread quarterback, but that's not the case. They've only been running the spread carry since last year at Santiago High School. And in the system that he did, last year was Blake's first year to start, but he had he had come up in football as a pro style guy, and it's like Coach Steinberg told me he just was making plays in our offense last year with his legs. And it's so just as silly, Drew. It's just as silly as saying Cooper Bateman don't fit the system. I know. I mean, I you know any you can adjust your offense. I mean, who's to say Alabama can't add a zone read package? They've done it with Blake Sims. I mean, even the, even if a guy has run the spread his whole life. All he's got to do is redshirt a year and learn the pro style. Well, here's here, – here, and Steinberg is a very, very sharp guy, Kerry. You know, the first thing he, had, he told me was, and he, he mentioned, I said, well, Coach, there's a lot of questions about, you know, Blake, you know, fitting Alabama's offensive system. He said, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, but Wilson from Hoover, didn't he play in a spread offense? He did. And I said, well, absolutely. Sure did. And he said, well, he, uh, he, he was able to transition well. And he said, I don't – and then he, that's when he mentioned Blake had only been, you know, in their system one year. And uh, I just think – he said uh, their offense is, you know, shotgun 100% of the time. But uh, – and I'm going to try to get in touch with this gentleman in the next few days. But he has a uh, – you know, he, he has a quarterback coach, Dennis Gile, that he's worked with almost every day. And all they work with, all they work on is from the center and five- to seven-step drops. Because I think a lot of quarterbacks, carry, and I think you'll agree with this, the spread offense, they can talk about the hurry up and the spread and the, and the proliferation of this and that. It's <laughs> The bottom line is this. it's not going. There's going to be elements of that in the NFL, but you have to be able to operate from under center to, to transition. And that's why that's going to help Nick Saban and, uh, and Lane Kiffin. And I think, to be honest, there's been some consternation about Lane Kiffin's impact on the recruiting trail. Well, you just saw it today. And I no think question. he had a lot to do with Blake Barnett uh, pledging to the Tide. Oh, he did. Before I forget, Drew, just to give you the name of the individual I was talking about earlier, the uh, potential uh, prospect at tight end, uh, rising senior at Florence High, his name is Tucker Siegel, and the last name is spelled S-I-G-L-E. Now, okay. I don't know if he'll actually get a committable offer or not. We'll wait and see what, what Jalen does, but – uh, he, he's a guy that's apparently on the fringe and getting looked at, and they know about him through Keaton, through seeing Keaton's game film. So, uh, so Tucker Siegel, S-I-G-L-E, uh, rising senior, wears number 89 for Florence if you get film. Um, 
Got a kind of a Tim Riggins type haircut. You got to love that. But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I don't know much about him other than that, but I thought I'd throw that out there in case Jalen uh, decides to, to pick Auburn. Um, lot lot going on in recruiting. Uh, we got Rodney Orr coming up in about three minutes. Um, uh, uh, interesting, we talked every week on the show about what's going to happen at tackle, and we've kind of kind of felt like that, that Drew Richmond might be the best bet for this class. But, Drew, I don't know if you saw this. You probably did. Uh, but a 2016 tackle from John Curtis High in Louisiana named Alabama his leader today. Yeah, I know about the young man. Uh, he came to the he came to the lineman camp and earned his offer. Uh, I think he's gonna. I think he's got a chance to be a really fine player. Uh, he's a, he's in the six foot seven or around uh, in, in, in the 300 bill range. And it, and you know if the if the kid is coming from J T Curtis Carey that he's he's gonna get he's getting really good coaching. I mean, and we also know that LSU is going to be oh. involved in a dogfight for the young man. Uh, Absolutely. He named Alabama his leader, but LSU is still in his top three. And normally when LSU wants a kid from John Curtis, they get him. Um, but, you know, this guy is kind of taken by the number of um, offensive linemen Alabama is sending to the pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Andre Smith on forward, many, many more. And, you know, it never hurts when you get down there and one of the off-field coaches that works with you, you know, is, is Chris Samuels. Yeah, uh, no. It's not it, – it doesn't it, – when he, when he is considered an analyst, that does not hurt a bit. I mean, and you have his track record, seven Pro Bowls, 12-year career. To be honest, he, he would have had – he would have made more Pro Bowls. And and, uh, and he, I think he has a good chance to make the Hall of Fame. He would have been a walk if he could have, you know, finished his career. But – as everybody knows, um, you know, and it's well documented uh, that that you know he that uh, he had the, the net condition. He had it in high school, was able to get cleared, then had a great career at Alabama and in the NFL. But it shortened his NFL career. But he still had a great run of 12 years and was a Redskin and just had a was and, and basically lived up to all the hype that he had in college. And sometimes that's rare. And by the way, the guy I was talking about from John Curtis High School, class of 16, offensive lineman. Six seven three hundred. His name drew as Willie Allen. Willie Allen, exactly. He named Alabama his leader today, and yep. uh, our next guest is one of the leaders in recruiting coverage. He was kind enough to give us an hour last week. We're giving him a break this week and only asking for a half hour. I want to welcome again to Bams Radio, Drew's good friend and mine, Rodney Orr. Rodney, what's going on at Tyler and Tyler these days? Well, you know, Drew contacted me and told me that William Barger. Uh, known as Redfish to everyone and known and loved by all. Uh, had to cancel <laughs> on you guys tonight. And I, I told Drew that you know you have great depth when you can replace William Barger with Rodney Orr. <laughs> Dang, Skippy. Yeah, we hey, we're building quite a bit. I'm Charles. kidding, of course, for those who don't know. I'm kidding. Of course. And, Not you know, about William, William Barger. but about me. Uh, absolutely. Well, I, I had the best. I thought I had a pretty good one-liner, Kerry. My response was, it's like going from Bear Bryant to Nick Saban. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And you know, and William Barger had a had a business uh, uh, venture he had to attend, so he couldn't be along with us tonight. But we we're honored to have Rodney back. And Rodney, I guess I, I'd let you expand on. It. I talked a little bit about what Coach Steinberg told me today, but kind of talk about what your thoughts were what, with what Steinberg had to say about Blake Barnett. Well, I, you know, first of all, the thing that really, uh, you know, I wanted to talk to him about was there's been some question about, you know, the mechanics, 
of, of Barnett, Blake Barnett as a passer. And, and I really think some of the video, it's always hard. People start looking at this video. It's very difficult to make a judgment. I found a, found some video the other night that was very clear. You could see it well. And, you know, the kid has, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't have some things to work on on his mechanics, but it certainly wasn't as awkward as, you know, some thought it might be. Uh, so, you know, and, and, and the thing was that I really wanted to ask Coach Steinberg was about, you know, how a kid that has you know, been a spread offense quarterback, how would he, you know, fit in at Alabama and, you know, what he thought he could how he thought he could make that transitional adjustment. And he didn't seem to believe that it would be any concern at all. Um, you know, that he felt like he would fit right into Alabama and what his feet would bring is an, uh, allow him the opportunity, an opportunity to extend plays, you know, when things break down. We've seen things break down at Alabama, you know, in the past. And, and, and don't get me wrong now, for example, if we want to use A.J. McCarron as the most recent example, I mean, there were times when things would break down, and when they did, I mean, uh, you know, A.J. wasn't really adept at moving around too much. And, you know, he could avoid the rush. He could make buy some time. He had some craftiness in the pocket. But, uh, you know, this is a guy that can really make some things happen. He can make you back up a little bit because of his ability to run, and I think that's going to be valuable. But at the same time, I think he's he, – um, Blake Barnett is – really set on being a pocket passer, a guy who can stand in there and deliver throws and be an NFL-type, you know, pocket-passing quarterback. And I think, you know, Coach uh, Steinberg certainly was confident with his arm strength. I know that, you know, I've talked to some people in terms of what Lane Kiffin, how he viewed him, and, you know, that he was extremely impressed with his ability to make all the throws that they'll need to be made in Alabama's offense. So, uh, you know, that's uh, – you know, that that was one of the big things to me that I wanted to, you know, get out of the conversation today. And, Roddy, it seems like California has become uh, the hotbed for Alabama quarterback recruiting, probably largely because yeah. of Coach Kiffin. But uh, now we see an offer out to a 2016 kid. I don't know much about him, but I'm sure you do. Costello. Tell us a little bit about K.J. Costello. I- you know what, Costello, I, I know he visited yesterday or was, was in town and seeing a, another kid from California, um, you know, but I, I really don't know. I haven't even really looked at his film. I'll be honest with you. I know that, uh, you know, they're really working on the 2016 class. Obviously, you mentioned Willie Allen a while ago. We've got a story that's going to be coming up here pretty soon on Raekwon Davis out of Meridian. Uh, who is a six foot seven, three hundred and six pound defensive lineman who really had a great camp at Alabama uh, as well and got an offer over the weekend. So, you know, they're really starting to, you know, hit that class pretty hard. Uh, I haven't had an opportunity to watch uh, Costello very much at this point. Uh, uh, again, I know he, he did get an offer though. Yeah, he's he's a pro style guy, Rodney. I I'm gonna be, be honest with you. I'm like you. I haven't watched the film yet. I've, I've read, I've looked at his profile. I think he's a six-four kid, about two hundred and five pounds. And obviously, there's going to be a lot of talk about Jacob Eason. You know, he's the guy sure. everybody became became uh, you know enamored with. But mm-hmm. you know, I believe that there's a good chance Georgia is going to go all in on him. They have not taken a quarterback in this class, uh, and you know, I think his top two. A lot of speculation is it's Alabama and Georgia. I think he's going to visit both in July. But I would not – I know a lot of people will worry, well, will Blake Barnett scare him off? You, you need to take a quarterback if you can in every class. And I don't really think that's well, going to scare you off Jacob Eason. 
Yeah, and you really can't, Drew. I think it's very difficult. I think it's risky to take a, one quarterback to, you know, or, or not take a quarterback to wait on another guy. I think that can right. you know, that can really hurt you in the long run. And and I don't think that – I mean, if you're good and you feel like you can compete, then I think, uh, you know, Coach Saban's shown that, uh, you know, he can convince these guys that they're going to have an opportunity to compete. So, I mean, there's going to be competition anywhere you go. I guarantee you that Georgia won't completely stop recruiting quarterbacks, you know, just for Jacob Eason. I mean, if they do, uh, uh, you know, certainly that'll be something that, you know, you wouldn't expect Mark Rick to do. Well, I agree with that, Rodney, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, if Blake Barnett had not canceled his visit to Georgia, I think they would be in the middle of that uh, that deal. <laughs> I think Alabama they're was very, very fortunate. Could. They you know, well and could. I think – Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say, you know, Blake Barnett. You know, and I, I told somebody this in the media today. He asked me, you know, is he a four star? Is he a five? And I said, you know, I, I don't think it really matters. But I, to me, he looks like a five with his ability. And I think his offer list reflected it. Uh, I think LSU would have taken him. I think there's a very good chance Georgia would have. Uh, Alabama, of course, LeBron. When you hey, here was the, I put this out on Twitter, guys, and and I and I listened to his interview when he committed this morning. And Kerry, I don't know if you saw this, you probably did. But when Nick Saban, in a three day span, when he's on campus, meets with you six times, I think he's serious about wanting your services. Yeah, I agree. Let me ask you guys well, about a guy that just released, and this cracks me up, Rodney. These guys now, instead of top fives and top threes, people are coming out with these top tens and all that. What can you guys tell me about a player that just released a top ten, including Alabama, named Tavares? Not Tavares, but Tavares Martin. Go ahead, Ryan. Personally, I don't know that much about him, and, and Drew, Drew may know about him more than you know. Drew Go may ahead, know about him. What do we know about the guy? What do what do y'all oh. Google it? Damn, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, hey, put up, top ten. Let me read this top ten to you. This is, uh, Al- and he says, not in any order. It looks like he wrote it on uh, that kind of paper you have you know, in elementary school. But it says, not in any order, Alabama, West Virginia, Florida State, Nebraska, Michigan State, Ohio State, um, Florida Atlantic, Louisville, Kentucky, and the Georgia Bulldogs. Only one mascot, the Georgia Bulldogs. So Florida Atlantic makes the top ten for this kid. I just wonder by his picture, he looks like an athlete. He's definitely not a lineman or a linebacker. Uh, I was just wondering, like, where he's from, and maybe Thomas is uh, googling him right now. <laughs> well, I, he's from Dwyer High School in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, guys. But he's a 20, 2015 wide receiver cornerback, and I he, he, I know he just put Alabama in his top ten, Kerry. But I'm gonna be honest, Might Alabama's, be Alabama's top ten. Oh, oh, exactly. I, you know, at Al with Alabama right now they are very tight with numbers i think you know they might take one to two more receivers depending on the situation with daylon charlotte and also they want a slot guy they would not turn down uh you know uh, 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 terry godwin but i mean they're, they're tight with receivers and then at, at corner uh you're not sure if they're going to take another corner i think they want to take a couple of safeties ronnie harrison uh, rico mcgraw being the top two guys and Rodney maybe can expand on this more, but I think some, this goes back to what I've said on this show before. Some of these kids put Alabama in their top ten to make the list look good. I'm sure yeah. the kid can play, but I'm just saying in this situation, I'm not sure Alabama's serious about Tavares Martin. I may be wrong, That's but fair. in my opinion, I doubt it. Rodney, we were talking before you came on about the tight end situation, and we now have an announcement date next week for Jalen Harris. Uh, 
Uh, Drew's gut is it may be Auburn right now because of the mom. Do you have any kind of gut on what Jalen may do at this juncture? Well, you know, I, 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 my situation is this. You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a there's a chance. You know, that I, I, I interviewed him. You know, just a couple of days ago, and I asked him specifically. You know, are you leaning in any certain way? And he said no. And then, you know, he said that – I said, well, are your parents going to be big in your decision or are you making the decision? He said he was making the decision. And, and you know, and, and the bottom line is he, he told me that his parents really – and his father had never been to Alabama, but he really enjoyed the coaches, really enjoyed Alabama when he, when he came to visit for those two days. Before that, he really enjoyed Coach Miles and really enjoyed going to LSU to their camp, uh, really enjoyed the environment and everything. And then, you know, he told me that uh, – of course, his dad enjoyed the Auburn visit, and his mother loved Auburn. And that's the only time. The only other time he said his mother loved something is her favorite coach is Mason at Vanderbilt. And, uh, you know, and the, and the Vanderbilt attraction with, with Jalen, they offered him very early, and he has a former teammate over there that's going to be central in their plans who's been trying to get him to Vandy. But when he said his mother loved Auburn, you know, I, that kind of uh, struck a chord with me. I don't know for a fact if that's going to be the decision that he makes. But you know, well, Sean Harris's opinion, mother loved Auburn. Exactly, uh, Rashawn Evans. Absolutely. Evans, I mean, yeah, you know, but, I mean, but we will see. I mean, uh, because I, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And my gut tells me Auburn, but I'm not, that's not 100 percent of 100 percent that I think it's going to go there. And Rodney, you might be able to expand on it, but that's just my opinion on Jalen Harris. What have you heard? I, really, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I think it's probably Alabama, Auburn, and LSU top three. I don't know if he's narrowed it down yet or not. Uh, I haven't heard anything right. as of the last few hours. But, you know, that would be my guess. I know he's got a couple other schools in there, Bandy and maybe another one. But, uh, you know, I really think that it would come down to Alabama, those three schools and probably Alabama and Auburn. You know, I know that there's a lot of people that think because of Philip Lutzen Kirch, he's apparently his tight ends coach and, you know, and I heard what you said through about his mother loving Auburn. Um, you know, I know that she's really amazed with the visit to Alabama, too, and not just the most right. recent one. She, he actually told me that, uh, you know, she's been amazed every time she's come to Tuscaloosa. So, And his dad had an opportunity to come and see it last week, as you know, and I know that he was really impressed, too. And I know that Alabama, when you start looking at needs now, when you start looking at needs and where he fits in, I think you look at Alabama and LSU in terms of how he fits into their style. I think right. that, you know certainly to me that would make more sense to him than, than Auburn. Uh, but then again, you know that's just that's just looking at it again. It's, it's not being biased. It's being objective in terms of what he can do and where he would fit in quickly. Uh, I think that he would have a great opportunity to play early at Alabama. Now I'm not really sure exactly what his early opportunities would be at, be at Auburn or well, and I, LSU and, for that matter. And I question the fit at Auburn, Rodney, and I'm not saying he couldn't play at Auburn, but they like to flex their tight ends, and I don't necessarily think that's Jalen's strength. I think when he gains weight, he'll be a pure inline tight end, and I think you know with the offenses that LSU and Alabama run, I totally agree with you that I think it's, the fit is better for him there and the opportunity once he red shirts and I would think he will and gains the weight I think he could get on the field and fit in those two systems better than Auburn uh now of course there's been some speculation about him being a defensive player but I really think he's an offensive guy and uh, we'll see how that works 
He had told me two days ago he was going to visit his top three at least, and that's Alabama, Auburn, and LSU. And I'm like you, I think that's the top three. Um, Again, before making the decision, obviously that may not happen, or he may make some trips this weekend. I don't know. They have to try to get in touch with him to find out about that. But obviously he was a little bit surprised that he he set the announcement date this quickly. But, you know, a lot of people thought he was going to commit when he came back to Alabama. So who knows? We'll just have to see what happens. Well, I think some other guys that are really going to be interesting to watch and see how everything develops with them. I think, you know, James Lockhart from Ennis, Texas, who came in and camped at Alabama. And, uh, you know, he's about a six. I think he told me they measured him at 6'3", 252. And he's Mm -hmm. one of the top, you know, prospects in the state of Texas. I know that he was – I really thought for Alabama to have a chance, even a chance to get James Lockhart – away from Texas A&M, not that he's committed there, but he's been leaning to Texas A&M, well, they were really going to have to wow him. And I didn't even know if that yeah. would be enough. But, uh, you know, it, apparently it was more than enough. Um, I think that when you look at him now, I think Alabama's in a pretty good position. Uh, if he if he's ready to commit, when he's ready to commit, you know, depending on where Alabama is, I think that Alabama's in a great spot uh, with him now. I think that... You know, they showed him some things that, you know, he had told me, actually, that he had not seen in, you know, six, seven, eight visits to Texas A&M over the last couple of years. So I think they did a great job with him. And another guy that's similar player uh, is Ricky DeBerry, about 6'3", 250, out of uh, St. Christopher's up in um, Richmond, Virginia. He's an outstanding player, has close to 60 offers. Uh, I know that he had a, a great visit. I've had an opportunity to kind of establish a little rapport with his father and he told me that, you know, it, it it helped Alabama's chances a great deal, the visit did. And the entire family basically came, and they were extremely impressed. So, you know, those are two really highly touted defensive guys that I think, you know, people should probably, you know, keep an eye on. I, I know that this John Tavis Johnson out of Lincoln, a big defensive lineman, uh, had an offer from Auburn for a while in Mississippi State and Louisville. He had a really good camp, too. I mean, he came in at, six, you know, 6'3" about 320-plus and had an outstanding camp, earned an Alabama offer. So, you know, again, I don't know how his, you know, how that's all going to shake out. I know they've got other defensive linemen, too, that they're in on. So, you know, we'll kind of see. But those are just some guys that uh, I would certainly, you know, kind of keep an eye on. Rodney, when they sat down Lockhart in the office and explained to him how he would fit in, you don't think they told the Mark Anderson story, do you? What's that now? I'm sorry. What about the Mark when they Anderson sat Lockhart story? down and when they when the when they sat Lockhart down to explain to him how he would fit like as a Jack linebacker, you don't think they yeah. brought up the Mark Anderson uh, playing out of position, costing him draft money story, do you? <laughs> well, I mean, you never know. I mean, I think there's certainly it's, it's you know when you look I think at the situation, they may have, and I, I don't know. He didn't tell me that, but I mean, it's certainly possible when you talk to a guy who uh, you know is in a position where. Uh, you know, if you put them in the wrong defense, uh, it could cost them big time, you know, down the road in terms of their draft and, you know, where, you know, how they're developed. And I think that was a key with Rashawn Evans and his recruitment. But, you know, whether or not they, you know, actually told that to, to Lockhart, I, I don't know. You well, mentioned I, rapport, Rodney, and you've had a chance over the years to build a, a great rapport with uh, J.T. Curtis and, and the folks at John Curtis High School. Uh, what, if anything, have you heard from those folks about Big Willie Allen, six seven three hundred twenty sixteen tackle? Um, to be honest with you, I haven't heard much yet. Um, I, I know that he's, 
you know, got an offer from Alabama, and he's going to be a, a really good player. Uh, but I haven't heard, you know, anything. I haven't, like I said, Kerry, earlier, I really, 2016, I'm I'm not really there yet. I know right. that Alabama's kind of going after those guys. Now, Lee Richards, who does a great job helping me, he's, you know, he's kind of already delving into the 2016, and I'm I'm very little there yet. But, you know, because I'm trying to wrap up this class here, and that's kind of been my focus. But I do know that Willie is, a, you know, again, an outstanding prospect, a guy that's really big, has, has size. And, you know, you know one thing, if he, can, if he can play there, if he can play at John Curtis High School, that he's going to be a well-coached guy, he's going to be disciplined, and he's going to be a guy that's going to have an opportunity with his size to be developed into a top-notch prospect because, you know, they have a great program. They've had a great program there for I don't know how long. So, uh, that's one of the top programs in the country. I agree with Rodney. And the thing I, I, I remember about Willie Allen is before he left for the camp, he tweeted that, you know, when he came to Alabama's camp, he said, I, my goal is to get an offer from Alabama. And he obviously did. He's a kid that, as I said, is over six foot seven, 300 pounds, uh, a, a true tackle prospect. I mean, I think it's big that he's named Alabama as leader, but it'll be a battle to, you know, get him away from LSU. Obviously, but obviously he will be watching Cam Robinson, and if Cam Robinson has a big freshman year and sets himself up to be, you know, a three and out first round draft pick, I think that will have an impact on no Willie, no no doubt. And it's already been, you know, it's already been said. Nick Saban has a great relationship with the coaches over at J.T. Curtis High School, and they trust oh, him quite a bit. And I think uh, that Alabama will be a big factor in Willie's recruitment. You know, a guy that uh, – another guy that we haven't – I don't know if we talked about him last week or not, but uh, I think Alabama's made major inroads with is, is uh, going back to 2015 would be Drew Richmond up in mm-hmm. Memphis. And I think, I think that at one point Alabama was probably no better than third or fourth maybe behind uh, Tennessee, Ohio State, and Ole Miss. But, I mean, he had a blowout visit here recently. And I think that uh, he and his family, both his parents, uh, who are, I understand, very involved in, in, in his recruitment, I, I think that they were extremely impressed with, you know, again, kind of the same things with uh, Blake Barnett, you know, all the different programs that Alabama has in place for developing, you know, the player and the person. And I think that they're extremely impressed uh, with Alabama. And I think Alabama's made up, as I said, major ground with him. And, you know, it'll be, it'll be really interesting watching that because Alabama needs tackles you guys know that you know they've been successful signing a lot of interior players but there's not just not as many tackles those guys who are taller that are you know have the athletic ability to play on the outside uh they you know those guys are kind of hard have been harder to find recently it seems like and i think that he's a guy that would certainly be a a key target for alabama you would think who again needs these tackles Harder week goes by. We don't talk about that, Rodney. Uh, we've got you for about 10 more minutes. And in that time, if anybody wants to call in and ask Rodney a question, our number is 714-510-3707. That's 714-510-3707. If you've got a question for Rodney or anybody on the panel here, call us here on BAMS Radio. Rodney, who are some of the other guys we need to be watching in the coming, say, month and a half, two months that possible could uh, join the 15 class? Wow. I mean, you know, again, I, I think it's just really, uh, you know, you got so many guys out there, and, and, and really I'm better if you ask me by name uh, than I am going off the top of my head. I guess age is catching up with me. I mentioned a few guys earlier that, you know, Lockhart and 
you know, DeBerry would be some guys that I would certainly, you know, keep an eye on. Um, uh, you know, trying to think of some Drew Richmond, we, we mentioned him. Uh, you know, as you look at a wide receiver, you know, the Durante kid uh, who came to uh, A-Day was, uh, you know, as an impressive receiver. You know, can Alabama somehow lure one of the big name, other big name receivers that maybe someone else is thought to be leading for? For example, maybe the Campbell kid, uh, George Campbell out of Florida. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that they are. I'm just saying one thing we know is just like with Barnett, you know, and some other guys that we've seen, when when Alabama gets him on campus and has an opportunity to, to you know, show them everything and if they, their parents are here, then there's a great opportunity, it seems, with almost every kid to get, you know, down to the – right down to the, you know, final two, at least, at worst, it seems. So they do such a great job once they get them on campus. But there's just, you know, there's uh, – you also got to think about running back. I mean, you know, in terms of taking one in this class, I think if they can find the right one, they would like to take a running back. You know, Damian Harris, a lot of people say he's leaning to Ohio State. I mean, again, it's a long way off. This Last year this time, everybody was saying Deshaun Hand was leaning to Michigan. I mean, up until, you know – uh, the, the day that he committed in, in November, uh, everybody thought, or I say everybody, you know it was a vast majority, thought he would end up in Michigan. And so, uh, you know, it's just such a long way off. I think Alabama's going to be very selective on who they take. Again, you saw them today. They took the quarterback. It was one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Uh, you know, and that's – I don't think they were going to settle for any just anyone. You know, they, they marked right. their man. It was It was Blake Barnett. And they took him. I don't think that they're just going to settle for somebody that maybe somebody that quote unquote people say is a great player, uh, but maybe Alabama had, doesn't have him evaluated as great player. Yeah, and I want to ask you one about another player, Rodney. I know you've interviewed him, and he's a young man. I'd like, I'm going to try to touch base with very soon. But I think he's intriguing. I don't think he's visited Alabama yet. I'm hoping that he'll visit in July, but as far as for a camp situation, but. Everybody's talking about the offensive tackle spot and kind of talking about George Brown from Cincinnati. I think with his athleticism and frame, he's very interesting. I know he has a long offer list, but I, I think he, uh, there's a chance that he could have major interest in Alabama. Well, he's got about 50 offers, and, and, I, and yeah. I do believe this. I do believe this. Um, I, I think I think when you look at George Brown, he, George Brown Jr., he is a very athletic kid. He's not the biggest kid right now. He's got a great frame, height, about 6'6", and I think he's, you know, about 265 or so. So he, he needs to add some weight. He's going to add some weight when he fills out. I know that his dad told me he he really thought he would play, you know, his senior year at 290 and probably play in college around 310. So, you know, he's got that frame. He's, a, he's an athlete. I think he moves well. I think he has good hands. And so I think he's got a lot of tools. You know, again, I do think he's very raw and he's got a lot of developing to do. I think a big thing with him is going to be when he comes here in July, even though he does have an offer from Alabama now, but when he comes here in July and has an opportunity to work with Mario Cristobal, they have a chance to see him, see what he can do, how he moves in camp. I think that could go a long way in determining just, you know, maybe how hard Alabama pushes for George Brown Jr. I think he's an outstanding prospect regardless, but still, I think, you know, Alabama's going to make their evaluation when they see him up close and, and, and kind of go from there. But I do think, like you said, Drew, he is a guy that you really want to kind of keep an eye on because, it, you know, these offensive tackles these days, 
at least this year, they're not growing on trees. They're, they've been tough to find. And people are grabbing them up, and, you know, you've kind of got to almost take what you can get. I agree. Apparently, inline tight ends are getting a little tough to find, Rodney. Right <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, if, and I asked Drew this earlier, so I want to ask you as well. Uh, I never had heard of his name until today. But let's say, for example, that maybe Jalen Harris does pick Auburn. Is there any mm-hmm. chance that Alabama might reach out to uh, Keaton Anderson's teammate, Tucker Siegel? Well, I, I mean, you know, Kerry, again, I'll say this, and it's like I said earlier. You know, in some ways, it's still early. Uh, I know Alabama has, you know, 18, 19 commitments now, 19. Uh, though I don't think, you know, it would be interesting to see how many of those 19 actually uh, are really, you know, when we get down to signing day, are still on the list. Uh, I do T.D. T.D. Moten, cough, cough, T.D. Moten, cough, cough. Possibly, possibly that could be one to watch. But, um, you know, when when you look at the tight end position, I have a very hard time believing that Alabama can't find a guy out there somewhere who is, an, who is a very good blocking tight end. You know, whether it's Jalen Harris or, or someone else, I think they're certainly going to continue to evaluate. I think the best thing to do if you're a blocking tight end and you want an opportunity to play at Alabama is get to one of their camps, the camp in July or whatever they offer, because, it's, you know, if you can make a strong impression with that camp, uh, you, you could earn yourself a, a possible scholarship offer because, you know, that is a, something that they need. Um, and I'll say this, too. Um, I'm not – personally, when you've got a guy who can be a great defensive lineman or a defensive player, I like them on defense. Uh, and, and I'm referring to Anthony Jennings here. And I don't know if you guys had him on earlier or going to have him on. but We had him on today, guy, yeah. Okay. He is a guy that can really, um, you know, play a lot of positions, and, and tight end is one of them. I think, you right. know, when you look at him, he could be an outstanding tight end. I mean, if push comes to shove and you really need a tight end, you know, maybe they look look at Anthony and Jennings. But I'll say this, with all that said, you know, talking to people, you, you guys know that the camp is closed, the media can't go, but there were a lot of people out there watching. A lot of people have sons that participated in the camp, and some people – you know, there's high school coaches out there that work those camps. So a lot of word kind of trickles around. And one of the one of the things that kept going around this weekend was just how impressive Anthony Jennings was at the camp and that he was actually more impressive than – and I'm not going to name anybody, but that he was more impressive than some guys uh, with really big names. So I think he's a guy that, you know, maybe, as we're starting to look at it now, maybe the guy that's a really a vastly underrated prospect, you know, I know they do these ratings. They've got him, what, a three-star? I think most of them, you know, you know, maybe he's a guy to keep your eye out for it or kind of rise up the chart and earn him another star. So. And it's like I told Drew. I mean, if, if worse came to worse next year, uh, and by next year I mean the 16th season, you could always move Brandon Green back to tight end for a year. Absolutely. Well, I, I, th- I think that's, you know, certainly not far-fetched. Um, you know, Kerry, it certainly could happen. And I, and I agree with Rodney. And Rodney, we had him on, and he said he, he measured right now 6'2", 260. So that would be a really mm-hmm. good, you know, it would translate to tight end. But I got to tell you, he, uh, we got a distinct uh, flavor of defense from Mr. Jennings. He definitely has a defensive mentality that Kerry can uh, can really uh, attest <laughs> yeah, he you know, didn't I, talk I too thought, much about tight end. Yeah, and then again, I, you know, I just, 
when you look at it, kind of what he reminds me of a little bit, and I don't want to say really reminds me of, but it makes me think, I should say, makes me think back to when Travis McCall was a defensive lineman coming out of high school. And everybody thought he was going to be a defensive lineman. He got here and turned into this powerhouse blocker at tight end. You know, he was about the same size. You know, he was about yes, a 6'2 guy and about, about, you know, 6'2", 250 coming out of high school, whatever he was. But, you know, again, I'm not predicting tight end for any for Anthony Jennings. I, I just say that, you know, I do know that when he met with Coach Saban after the camp, uh, Anthony told me that, Coach Saban mentioned to him that they really loved his versatility and the fact that he could play several positions. And my next question to Anthony was, which positions did he mention? And he said, well, he said tight end. <laughs> and he said, you know, Jack linebacker, possibly inside linebacker, you know, maybe defensive end, just depending on how things go. So, you know, again, we're talking about a guy that's versatile. One thing about Nick Saban's recruiting is this, if you go back and look at it, he really signs a lot of guys that bring a lot of versatility that are athletic and that can play different spots. You've seen that on the offensive line. I think a guy like Richie Pettibone, for example. Um, you know, you've seen Brandon Green. You mentioned Brandon Green. I mean, here's a guy that was athletic enough. Even Coach Saban mentioned what a good basketball player he was in high school and how athletic he was, allowed him to play block, be a blocking tight end last year. So, I mean, it's the fact that he recruits all these guys who are versatile enough to play different positions. Absolutely. Well, Rodney, man, we appreciate you coming on BAMS again. This has been back-to-back weeks, and uh, you're the best substitute we ever had, man, and you you, you brought it both <laughs> times, and we thank you for your uh, your insight and knowledge with the second to none, and we thank you for being on BAMS uh, for the second straight week. All right. Hey, Kerry, Drew, I do appreciate it. You guys take care. I guess you're going to have up next uh, the uh, Blake Barnett and his dad. Is that right? That's right. That's About exactly right. We've already heard from both of them. We're excited, and I will I will oh. reiterate this too. I just, I just heard from Jeff Steinberg. He got off the plane in Hawaii. He will be on BAMS next week. Uh, he's very excited to be on, and he was very pumped up when I told him Blake and his father were fixing to be on BAMS radio. And he 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 sent me a text. He said awesome. So uh, we really appreciate Coach Steinberg and everything he did for Rodney and myself today. And uh, he's a class act. And now we look forward to having the two Barnets on our show here in just a few minutes. Yeah. Rodney, we appreciate right. it, man. You guys take care. All right. Thank you, Rodney. Rodney from uh, TylerInsider.com, good friend of the show. Good job, as always. And we, we are uh, about to line up the uh, Barnetts, uh, Lance and Blake. But while we do that, we're going to take a break for a couple of minutes, and we'll be back after the top of the hour, which is already after the top of the hour. We'll be back in about two or three minutes right here on BAMS Radio. Get ready for a touchdown of savings that will make you want to do your own end zone dance with Atlantic Bedding and Furniture. Atlantic Bedding and Furniture. Unlike the chain furniture stores, Atlantic Bedding and Furniture gives the Bama fan a choice in fine furniture at super low prices. We have over 30,000 items always in stock. Atlantic Bedding and Furniture will have exactly what you need for your rec room, man cave, or however you wish to celebrate that latest Bama victory. Our selection includes Simmons, Serta, Broyhill, and other name brands at a fraction of what other chain stores charge. Atlantic Bedding and Furniture is close by in Pelham, Alabama. 
on Highway 31. Come see us or check out our website at www.AtlanticBettingAndFurniture.com. www.AtlanticBettingAndFurniture.com. Atlantic Betting and Furniture, the place to shop for great furniture deals with financing available. According to the windows on my laptop and according to the cell phone from AT&T, it is five minutes after the hour here on BAM's radio, on Block Talk Radio. As we begin hour number two, this is Kerry Clark from BamaMag.com, Scout.com, joined as always by Drew DeArmond of AlabamaIntel.com and back at the controls, Thomas Watts of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And uh, last hour, we were pleased to welcome Anthony Jennings, defensive lineman, perhaps tight end, out of Dadeville, Alabama. And also Rodney Orr out of TiderInsider.com on what has been a very, very big day in the uh, in the world of recruiting, Drew. And uh, we are currently uh, about to be joined by not one but two very special guests, uh, newest members of the Alabama football family. And, Drew, since you lined them up, I'm going to let you introduce them, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, we are honored, first of all, to have these two. Uh, gentleman on, uh, and I guess it will be the first time since I've been on Bounds we've had a father and son, but first of all, you know, I want to welcome uh, uh, Blake Barnett, who I think is one of the best quarterbacks in the country, who has today uh, verbally committed to Alabama. I think it's a huge get for the Crimson Tide, obviously a, a critical piece to the recruiting puzzle in 2015. Well, first of all, Blake, we want to thank you for coming on Bams. How are you doing tonight? Okay, Lance, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Thank you very much for having us. That was my fault. Yeah, I had him muted briefly. Okay. Oh, that's okay. We got, oh, we got Lance okay. and Blake both now? Yeah, we're good. Great. 
Okay, yeah. go ahead, Drew. Well, first, yeah, first of all, Blake, we want to thank you for coming on. I know it was a big decision for you, and uh, you're one of the best quarterbacks in the country, but thank you for coming on BAMS tonight, man. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yes, and obviously we just heard from him, but we also want to thank Mr. Lance Barnett, who I was able to get in touch with today while he was on an airplane. Uh, he, we were really able to get – he was able to help, you know, get this set up. And, Mr. Barnett, we want to thank you for being on BAMS and thank your family for choosing the University of Alabama. But thank you for being on with us tonight as well, sir. Uh, thank you very much. We're excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, well first of all, Blake, uh, I want to start with you. Uh, just kind of tell our listeners, because a lot of them have just, in the last few weeks, a uh, couple weeks, started really hearing about you and watching film and, you know – and, and realizing that Alabama was very serious about trying to garner your services. But try just to kind of tell everybody, you know, about a little bit about yourself as a player, you know, your high school, and, and give them a little bit of background on you uh, right now. Well, my uh, my high school down in Southern California, we run, uh, I guess, what is called a, a West Coast offense. Um, so we run the spread, and, and I do a lot of zone read, um, which leads to me running the ball quite often. Um, but I, I wouldn't categorize myself as a, a a stereotypical dual threat quarterback, which uh, has kind of been handed down to me, um, which I'm, I'm not really too in favor of. Um, I think that most dual threat quarterbacks can't really pass the ball per se, but they're uh, more of the running type and then throw a couple deep balls. Um, I like to think that I can sit back in the pocket and throw the ball downfield and move the chains, and then if, if need be, I can uh, extend the play with my legs. Well, absolutely, and and we, you know, I talked to your coach today, Jeff Steinberg, and he kind of reiterated the same thing, and he said that basically, and you can attest to this, that was last year, of course, was your first year starting, but it was also your first year in that in that uh, system. You had been a pro style uh, guy, you had played in pro style systems up to that point. Is that correct? Yes, uh, coming up through uh, junior all American and middle school, and uh, even freshman year, I ran more of that style of offense. Right, and and I guess just uh, and, and and talk about first of all, I know you you committed to Notre Dame early in the process uh, last November. Uh, you decided to make an early commitment. What went into your thought process to decide to open it back up and take a look at other schools recruiting you? Uh, I think it was uh, when when I realized that I started gaining interest in other schools. That's when I, I kind of realized that uh, Notre Dame wasn't the place for me. And I think uh, my family and I both we we, we made the decision in the first first place uh, off of impact or I'm sorry of impulse and just kind of rushed into into things and uh, we, we regret that and um, I think that's what it would open up my recruiting process and that's when I when I started to look at other schools. Blake and Lance uh, this is Kerry Clark I'm with scout.com and bamamag.com I think you both have spoken to my colleague John Garcia uh, but the reason that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on now I've got a question for both of you uh, we have a chat room on our website that likes to ask uh, guests questions from now and then. They've already sent both of you guys a question. So let's start with Blake and then Lance. Talk about the factor and the relationship that Lane Kiffin played in your decision. I think Coach Kiffin uh, played a big part in it. Um, obviously, he's uh, produced some uh, very successful quarterbacks at USC that have gone to play at the next level. Uh, how they did at the next level was up to them, but he got them there, and I think they, they played very successful in college. Um, and I think that that had to do with his offense and his coaching. Um, so it's, it's awesome to be under a coach with a great uh, offensive scheme and uh, to be able to, to put players on the next level and uh, give us the opportunity to do so. And Lance, uh, what was your impression of Coach Kiffin? 
Uh, he's just got a great track record, right? I mean, producing uh, high-power full offenses at USC and putting quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, kind of got a great sense of humor to him. I was really comfortable with him. And the whole staff is absolutely amazing. I think uh, Bama fans should be very proud of their staff. It's it's really, really nice to as a father to come into a program like that and feel so comfortable right off the bat. And Lance, this question is for you from our chat room at BAMSradio.com. Uh, when did you actually make the decision to choose Alabama, and uh, what were your impressions during your visit of the facilities in Tuscaloosa? Well, first of all, it wasn't my decision. It was Blake's. We gave him some guidance. Um, but in the end, he, you know, we've always told him he needs, he needs to be happy with the school that he picks. Um, if he's happy there, he'll succeed in the classroom. He'll succeed on the field. So that was first and foremost. Um, as far as the, the facilities, they were phenomenal. Um, we've always told Blake, don't try not to get caught up in the facilities. That can only sustain you for so long. Really make sure that you want to buy into the program and buy into the coaches. That's what's going to sustain you. And, Blake, what were your thoughts on, like, the weight room and the training room, the locker room, that kind of thing? Uh, it was awesome. It was very state-of-the-art. I mean, all the, the weight room was completely up-to-date, and it had the newest newest and best stuff. And uh I think as, for a recruiting process, uh, it, it makes an impact because obviously the school with um, the, the best technologies, it's just it's stuff to help you win, and I think that's a it's a it's a big factor. Um, it's obviously not the make or break decision, but it does help in the in the recruiting process. And Blake, when did you know for sure it was going to be Bama? Uh, yesterday is when it really hit me, and that's that's when I, I made my final decision. Um, this past week, I've uh, thought about it a lot and talked to my family about it, and um, we realized that for my future as, as a player, as a student, and as a person, um, Alabama was the best place for me. Well, and, and, and I have a I, question I, for both. If, if, if I can jump Go ahead, in, I actually point. noticed. I, in my opinion, I, day one, after day one, I was, I was hoping that Blake could see the value that, that, uh, that uh, I'm sorry, Alabama brought to the table and um, – I was hoping that he would see it, and uh, I'm glad and I'm proud that he did. Well, and I have also another question for both of you. Because you guys got to see something that all of us really don't because we're not behind the curtain. You know, we're the, the closest we get is either press conferences or Red Elephant Club functions where you're not going to see the other side. But obviously, first of all, I'm going to first for Blake. Uh, I, the thing that struck me today when I watched your announcement on Bleacher Report as you said, you met with Nick Saban six times in a three-day span, which to me really stuck. You know, I, tw- I tweeted that out. I thought it really stuck with me. But kind of just talk about your impressions of Coach Saban. I know he was a big reason you chose Alabama because of the system and the program that he's put together. But what was your ultimate – I guess you must have had an instant connection with him. How, how did you feel about the, the me- how the meetings went and what was it like meeting with Coach Saban the three to, over those three days? Oh, it was incredible. Um, meeting Coach Saban for the first time in person uh, in his office was, was extremely welcoming, and uh, he was a very easy person. That's easy. He's very easy to talk to, um, and he's extremely intelligent about the game of football. And you could just sit there and listen to him, and he'll, he'll tell you thing, tell you everything about football and what he knows, and you'll just be amazed. Um, and right off the bat, we built a great relationship, and I think that's what uh, led to us meeting so, uh, several times throughout uh, my visit, and I think that made a, a huge factor in my decision, just being the fact that 
uh, I could talk to a coach easily because uh, wherever I had to go, I have to go for four years. It's it's nice to know you have a, a good relationship with the head coach. No, no doubt. And Lance, I mean, obviously you got a chance to speak with him. He's he's very good, from what I understand, with the families and the parents. But talk about your impression of Coach Saban and the structure that he's uh, established at Alabama. He, he's truly amazing. Um, all facets of the program share a common goal and direction, and you can see that that direction is set from him. Um, it's comforting knowing that that you know he's going to be in charge of the program for years to come. He's, he really focuses on developing the mental fortitude to handle the pressures of the game, and it's the little details that matter to him, and, that, and that's what really impressed me with Coach Saban. Blake, another question for you from our chat room, our listeners there. They'd like to know, is there a particular quarterback uh, growing up that you modeled your game after? Uh, I wouldn't say model my game after, but uh, I looked looked up to several quarterbacks growing up. Um, Obviously, Tom Brady and uh, Peyton Manning were some elite quarterbacks of my time that have really stood out, in my opinion. And um, I think it's great to look up to them as players and role models uh, coming out of college. They both had different stories, but they both uh, turned out to be very successful quarterbacks in the NFL, and I think they're good role models as well. Yeah, both great guys. And uh, Drew and I got a lot of of opportunities to watch Peyton play against Alabama when he's at Tennessee. Uh, Another question for you, when I look at your film uh, and I see, first of all, that awesome throw to the garbage can. We'll get to that later. But the other thing (laughs) that uh, blew me away was the times that you tuck the ball and run. Now, I read where at some combine somewhere you ran a 4.8540, but when I watched you tuck the ball and run, or as Coach Steinberg says, how fast is he when he's scared? Uh, what's your actual 40? Uh, my 40 right now is, is about a 4.8. Um, I, I still need to work on my form completely, but uh, I, I think in games, I don't know, something flips the switch and I, I can uh, turn the gear up a little bit and I get moving. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but it's it's a, it's a different feeling. Yeah, it's called football speed, which is a good thing to have. I thought Jerry Rice couldn't run either. That's all I'll say. He never thought you never saw called, Jerry get caught. It's also called adrenaline. Open field. Exactly. Yeah, per- perfectly stated. And, I, you know, and, and Blake, I, I also wanted to ask you, I mean, you, you kind of expanded on it in your opening comments, but talk about a lot of people had kind of tried to say you were a spread QB and that you were a perfect fit for what Oregon does. Obviously, you you felt comfortable in the Alabama system after you talked to Coach Kiffin and Coach Saban. But just talk about what what your thought process was and what you thought your fit was with Alabama offensively, because obviously uh, that was a big part of your decision once you were there for the three days. To once they made their pitch to you and their plan, what was the thing that attracted you the most as far as offensively with Alabama? I think uh, Coach Kiffin's offense made a, a big impact and Coach Saban's uh, scheme as well. Um, I think the pro-style offense is something that's been around for a long time and it will be around for a long time. Um, obviously, if you have the ability to sit in the pocket and throw the ball, that's where quarterbacks uh, get their claim to fame, I guess you can say, and that's what, what we uh, we pride ourselves on doing. Um, and I think that's what, what a true threat of a quarterback is, if they can sit in the pocket and throw the ball, and I think it's... Uh, it's nice to be able to get out of the pocket every once in a while and if, if need be to, to take off downfield and get the yards that you need to, to put, your, uh, put your team in good position. 
Lance, let me ask you this as a dad, because I, I mentioned this earlier, but what is the story behind your son throwing a ball over 50 yards and landing it in a garbage can, and how many attempts did it take to do that? Well, I wasn't there uh, when Blake that, when uh, Blake did that up in uh, in New York, but I go to practice every day, and every day we in practice, he's at the 50-yard line, he's trying to hit the crossbar, and he can usually hit it in two times, worst-case scenario. So Blake can speak to the trash can. Blake, what was the trash can story? How many yards was it actually, and how did it come about, and how many times did it take for you to hit it? Well, it was 50 yards. Uh, we had a measuring tape out there and everything because uh, uh, Bleacher Report wanted to make it official. But um, it was just kind of a, the ending to a, a little training session we had going on there. Um, they wanted to get some cool clips and some trick shots, so uh, we ended up setting a cone up on a, a goal, goal post for uh, soccer and um, hit that from 35 yards. That took about six or seven tries. And the 50-yard uh, the uh, trash can ball took about, I would say, 15 tries. And that was a, a little bit harder because um, the yardage, obviously, and the trash can was fairly small, too, so it was, a, it was a pretty difficult throw. And I have a question for Lance. You know, I, you, you got a chance to see over the three days the entire setup of the program, and obviously Nick Saban, you know, made a, a huge impression on you as a, in, your, in your family. But w- talk about the other aspects that really amazed you, because you know we, well, on a day-to-day basis, you know, we don't get a chance to see a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. But just kind of talk about. I know that that made a really big impact on you guys, and that was the reason you extended the visit. But just talk about the overall structure of the program and what and what all really were your favorite aspects. Sure. First of all, the campus is absolutely beautiful. Um, the people were friendly. You could see the dedication um, by the players. We watched practice. We went and watched them in the weight room, and you could see that they've all bought into the program, so there's that common goal. I mean, from the, from the nutrition staff to the medical staff to the strength training, Coach Cochran, uh, it's it's just really nice to see everybody on the same page with the with the goal in common, and that's you know developing great student athletes, preparing them for life, and and hopefully winning a national championship. All right, well, I, and I've got to ask uh, Blake this because he he makes a huge impact on anybody on everybody he meets basically, and I've met him briefly for and talked to him, but not in a, the setting that Blake would get to, but. What Blake? What are your thoughts on Coach Cochran? Because I've never seen anyone quite like him. I know he's unique, and I know the players all seem to love him. But I got I've got to find out what your take is on Scott Cochran. <laughs> well, he's he's definitely unique. Um, it, it, it's awesome to have a coach as as energetic as him and so passionate about what he does. Um, he sat there and talked in his office with him for about thirty minutes, and he just talked about his dedication to the players and their success not only at University of Alabama but after high school after college and they all have jobs that, to ensure that and to make sure they're they're prepared for the rest of their life. They don't want to come out of Alabama with just a job. He wants them to come out with a career that they can uh, be able to provide for themselves for the rest of their lives um, and to make sure that what they learn at Alabama um, can uh, can allow them to succeed in that way. Well, and the, and the thing that struck me caught, talking to Coach Steinberg, he said that uh, he felt like the, one of the biggest attractions for, of course, you and your family 
and he said especially you as a player, and he felt like it was the reason you would succeed at Alabama. As he said, you're, you're, he said, you know, a lot of times his quote was, you know, the great players in the SEC, it's not always the best athletes. He's like, you got to be wired differently. And he said, you know, he said Blake is wired differently. He's like, he loves to work. He loves the weight room. He loves, you know, film. He loves, he can't watch enough film. I guess that was that one of the biggest attractions you had to Alabama's program because he said basically you had a great work in. Uh, definitely, that's that's a big thing in Alabama. Um, I know for a fact that once I get, I'm going to get there, that I'm going to have to work extremely hard, and I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Um, I'm, I'm going to embrace what what uh, I have to go through there and do uh, whatever I can to hopefully get a, uh, a starting position uh, as soon as possible and to help myself succeed and the team succeed um, and do whatever it takes. Blake, this is not a shot at Oregon at all, uh, but you had a chance to be recruited by two of the top traditional powers in the history of college football, uh, Notre Dame, where you were committed for a while, and I have actually had a chance to see a game there. It was it was pretty cool. And Alabama. Now, you have, having visited both schools, both campuses, talked to both staffs, how would you compare the, the tradition and the current state of football at Notre Dame and in Alabama? Well, uh, not to any disrespect to University of Notre Dame, but in my opinion, um, Alabama has a, a has a, a building tradition that's that's still kind of continuing on to this day. That Coach Saban is doing a, a, an excellent job of doing, um, and I think uh, building the players' uh, career in, in football and developing developing them for uh, after football is great. Um, obviously, Notre Dame has a um, a great history for uh, their their degree is uh, very influential in life as well. Um, but I think Alabama is doing a good job to keep up with the date or up to date with uh, equipment and uh, facilities and all that too. And um, they're uh, they're excelling to this day in in football and uh, academically too. Most people don't think of Alabama as an academic school, but I know that the players that come out of Alabama have been doing very well successfully um, with their careers, and uh, I think that's a big big deal too. So the rumors from Alabama fans that you and your dad sat down and watched the uh, BCS game from two years ago had nothing to do with the change? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's... We, we have people that actually believe that. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's pretty funny, funny, though. Well, you know. It, we were born in Alabama, fun. though. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I have one for Lance. I mean, first of all, you know, your son was recruited from coast to coast, and uh, he had a lot of offers from elite programs. As a family, I mean, how did you guys come to the – sometimes I know it's hard for, you know, your son will be thousands of miles away, but how did you guys come to the conclusion that it was okay for him to, you know, go venture far from home? I know that can be hard sometimes as a family, but how did you guys come to, to just realize that, that was going to be the path he chose, and we're okay with it. Well, again, you know, we, we kind of let Blake make his own decision on this. We gave him, you know, our input. But at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with, you know, living across the country from your parents. It, it, I like it because I think it's going to allow him to develop and mature and, and experience new experiences. Um, I certainly plan on coming back to every game, so I'll see him, you know, on the weekends during football season. But there's nothing wrong with that. I, I encourage that. I, I'm, I'm glad that he can go out and become his own man and, and develop and grow and mature. And I feel comfortable with the, you know, with the Alabama coaching staff to, to develop him 
um, not only, again, as a football player and a student athlete, but you know, help him develop and come, become his own man. Blake, another one from our uh, chat room. They'd like to know, uh, when you had your talks with Coach Kiffin and Coach Saban, uh, was there a plan put out for you, there to be maybe a package for you to do some read option to Tuscaloosa, or was it strictly just a focus on uh, drop-back passing in your future? Well, they said that the high formation uh, or the pro style, I guess you can say, the pro style offense is, uh, isn't going to change there. and They think there's, they, uh, they'll be able to do some different things as far as uh, getting out of the pocket and rolling out. Um, I didn't hear anything about a read option, so I'm, I, I don't know about that. But um, I think uh, getting out to do some bootlegs and, and uh, throw out of the pocket and, and still be able to throw in the pocket will be a, a big uh, – advantage and uh that's what they were looking forward to doing and and blake i have one because i know coach steinberg talked about it a little bit talk about the quarterback coach you work with every day he said that you guys pretty much your offense in high school right now the system is 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 all is a shotgun all the time but he said you guys with your quarterback coach and you can kind of expand on him and and just tell the listeners about him. But he said you guys work on the five to seven step drop all the time and, and the snap from under center. So he thinks you're going to have a smooth transition. But kind of talk about what you guys work on every day. Well, it's it's not every day. My quarterback coach actually lives in Arizona. Um, okay. And okay. I, I do is I, I do is uh, I, I try to head out there as much as possible. It's it's about. Once to twice a month, I'll go out there for a couple of days. But um, Dennis Kyle out in Arizona, I work out, I work a lot under center, and I work in shotgun too, just to prepare myself for my senior year, or Caesar, senior season in high school. I'm sorry, and um, obviously the next level uh, shotgun isn't always going to be in play, so I had to work under center um, to prepare myself for that too. So I don't think it's a problem at all taking five or seven step drops. I've been working on it for over two years now and that's that's not an issue absolutely and then one thing that struck me is i you know coach steinberg and i talked about it the i definitely looks like to me he said you could make all the throws in alabama's playbook and that's one thing that you know coach saban and coach kiffin were excited about but a lot of what you guys do offensively your offense is a a big play offense it didn't look like to me y'all do a lot of dinking and dunking it looked like a lot of vertical stuff, seam routes, 20 to 25 yards down the field. And uh, I guess the big question is, you talked about throwing a, a ball 50 yards into a trash can. I'm gonna, I want to ask you, how strong is your arm? It looks very, very strong on film. Um, about now I can throw the ball, uh, I would say, 75 to, to 80 yards um, if I'm having a good day. Uh, but, but that's about the range I have, um, which is – it's unnecessary in the fact that I don't think I'll ever have to throw an 80-yard football. But um, it does come in handy for, for coming across the middle and having to stick a ball in there between linebackers and uh, and have a dink and dime. But I think it, it'll come in in, uh, in handy if I need to ever stick the ball in there. Blake, do you have a favorite route to throw? Well, I wouldn't say so right now. Um, I think each year you kind of have a different route depending on your personnel. Um Going into season, you always kind of understand that and know it. Um, and normally, you can tell on, on tape. Uh, it'll it'll come into play a lot, and it'll probably be on the, on the highlight tape a lot because you'll see it thrown repetitively. Um, but I'm not sure right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I guess the the biggest thing I, I like to ask each kid is because I like to hear it from their perspective. But what do you think right now? 
your strengths are as a player, as a quarterback? Well, I think that I'm a, a pocket passer with the ability to extend the play, and um, I, I like that because I, I, I personally believe that I can sit in the pocket and throw the ball wherever it need be, um, whether I have to read the defense or step up in the pocket and uh, throw it just a little a dump pass to a running back. Um, I think that, that comes in handy very much so, and I think that's the first part about being a quarterback is being able to sit in the pocket and throw the ball. Um, but I also like the fact that uh, if, if need be, I think I can get out of the pocket or make something happen with my feet and get some yards downfield to make a play. And and what do you think you need to – what do you – going into your senior season, you're working with this guy and you're working with Coach Steinberg all the time. You said you'd made a lot of progress in the spring, but what uh, what do you think you need to work on the most as a player going into your senior season? Uh, my biggest goals for this season is, uh, first off, is to – to shorten up my release, which um, a lot of college coaches don't really um, focus on because they don't really like to change a quarterback's release. But I, when I uh, work on it and when I type my release, I actually throw a better ball, so it, uh, it's not an issue to me. But that's the, the first thing I'm working on. And then uh, another thing is reduce uh, turnovers. Um, I had a decent amount of turnovers last year, and I think the biggest thing I need to work on, which I have been all off-season, off, uh, off and seven-on-seven in seven practice as well as to work on turnovers and being smart with the football. I think I did a fairly well job last year, but there's always improvement. Like uh, starting with the uh, – obviously you're a 2015 graduate, but starting with the 2016 class and, and backing on down, are there any other kids at, at Santiago High that we should be watching as far as being national recruits? Uh, as of right now, we have a lot of young players, and I, I don't really want to put anyone on the spot right now. But um, I think there's there's going to be some players coming up fairly soon. Um, there's some there's some good uh, good talent coming up in the younger class and in uh, in this year too. So we'll be able to see in season. And I have one for Lance. Obviously, uh, Mr. Barnett, you, you're 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 going to be in the, uh, a fixture in Tuscaloosa the next four to five years. Uh, forever long, you know, Blake's career is. But I guess that now that he's chosen Alabama, what's the thing you're looking the most forward to as far as the experience? I mean, you'll get to, you're going to get to, you know, see a lot of time football. But what is the thing you're looking the most forward to? I guess as a father. Yeah, I think just going back and enjoying the experience. Um, you know, never gone to a game in Tuscaloosa, so looking forward to that. When when we'll probably head back to one or two games this year to try and soak in the experience but yeah just just enjoying it watching you know watching my son play football it, it doesn't get any better than that sit back and watch a watch your son play live is unbelievable lance what's your athletic background uh, i raced motorcycles when i was younger and did that for about 20 years and i actually started blake uh when he was young racing motorcycles he did that he started at five he did that for a couple of years and then uh he went in Took him off the motorcycle. He had to actually. I noticed he had a lot of athletic ability, so got him off the motorcycle and got him in baseball, soccer, basketball. He played a little bit of everything, but football is where he really shined. And you know, up up until high school, he played uh, baseball and football. But going into high school, he said he just wanted to focus on football, so we were good with that. And I have one for Blake, and I wanted to confirm this. It's been it's become prevalent in, in on this on the college level in the last 
three to five years. But are you going to enroll early at Alabama next January? And if so, have you decided on a field of study? Yes, I'll be uh, enrolling in January. And uh, I want to major in uh, communications for broadcasting. I think that's what uh, I want to do. I do after college to stay in football without playing football. Um, If I have a a career after college, then that would be excellent. But uh, I think it's always good to have a backup plan, and I think that's uh, what I want to do. That was my major at Alabama, sir. Absolutely. College of Communication, same here. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I, I guess the uh, – and and one of the final questions for Blake, I mean – I, it, uh, you you took a very methodical approach, you know, to your recruiting process, and you decided uh, you, there had been speculation you were going to visit Oregon again. You decided to to go ahead and commit to Alabama, but I guess just your overall your thoughts on the the three day visit and the impact it made on you, because obviously this was your first trip to Alabama, and it was a three day deal that really kind of sealed it for you. But just talk about the overall what what ultimately led you in, in, in I guess in in closing what what led you to Alabama what really made you make the decision well uh, when I went to Alabama I mean from the start I fell in love and uh, our our one and a half day scheduled trip turned into a three-day trip um, and every day I just I got to learn more about the school the coaches the system and uh, I, I couldn't be happier um, the biggest thing I was looking for, I was looking for in a school, was the development for uh, myself as a person, an athlete, and uh, as a player, or I'm sorry, as a student as well. Um, and and I wanted to be able to succeed after football, whether it's after playing after college or even right after college, just to have a steady uh, base for a career and to be able to uh, to live a successful life, whether it's with football or without it. And uh, I think Alabama is a place for me, and I think that's what uh, attracted me the most to them. Well, we appreciate that, and uh, that's some great insight there, Blake. And we just want to thank uh, you and your father, Lance, for coming on BAM's radio tonight. We consider it an honor, especially, you know, you guys are, you know, thousands of miles away from us. We're all based here in Alabama, but we're all, like, super excited about having you as part of the program and your father and your family. And uh, we thank you, Blake and Lance, for being on BAM's radio tonight. And uh, we welcome you to the Tide family. But really, and our audience has really enjoyed this. Thank you guys for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Anytime. Thank you so much. The fans have been uh, fabulous. So thanks again. Absolutely. Roll Tide to both of you. Roll Roll Tide. (laughs) In unison. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. That was uh, Lance and Blake Barnett newest members of the Alabama football family joining us here live on BAMS Radio for the last half hour. And uh, I tell you what, uh, based on what I heard from Blake, I think he's uh, he's got uh, a Greg McElroy-type future in broadcasting. I think uh, we got a so, – uh, I think Alabama got themselves a winner, I should say, Kerry. Uh, you know, I, I was really impressed with Blake Barnett and the pro- – and just uh, he's so well-spoken. He knows what he wants. He's a film rat, a weight room rat. You know, I, it's always on to the next one and the next best thing. A lot of Alabama fans have been, and they're still going to clamor for Jacob Eason. I really like this kid the more I found out about him. And then when, you know, Coach Steinberg told me today that this young man had been in a pro-style system up until last year, he's really not a spread QB, but he can play in the system. 
And I just think he's got a lot of skills that translate to Alabama's offense, and I'm just really excited about his future. Yeah, I mean, a consensus top seven in America quarterback coming in, uh, a guy that and, – and I and I still say he he may run a 4.8, whatever, but Don't look like you it look at the film, uh, when people are chasing him, I'm telling you he runs a 4.6. It looks like it. I mean, uh, that's uh, I, I, he was running away from some really good uh, teams, like uh, Coach Steinberg told me. You know, he said we played Hart High School, Upland High School, who beat them twice in two close games, including the second round of the playoff, and then Mission Viejo, who's a known program nationally. And he said he ran away from all those guys. And he really did on film, and it really strikes you. He's got football speed, which is all that matters. I mean, a 40 time for a quarterback is really not a big deal. You'd rather you just you want him to just be a good enough athlete and mobile, and he does have great feet. And like Coach Steinberg said, he will be able to extend plays. That's the one thing AJ McCarron really couldn't do at Alabama. He was a pure, you know, uh, pocket guy. And I think Coach Saban, he's a guy that adapts. Carry, he's adapting uh, defensively to spread, but he's also seeing what mobile quarterbacks have done to his defenses, and he's trying to get a mobile quarterback in his scheme. And apparently, the door is now open with a. Uh now an offer out to 2016 California quarterback K.J. Costello. Apparently California is the new uh, Alabama cradle of quarterbacks. And it may be with one Lane Kiffin being the offensive coordinator, Kerry. He's going he's gonna to expand Alabama's recruiting territory out there some. And, you know, Blake, the, the, the only thing that's going to, you know, the one thing, if, if Blake Barnett comes to Alabama and succeeds, and A.J. McCarron has helped that, help get guys like Barnett with, well, you know, being second in the Heisman and, you know, winning the Johnny Unitas Award and just being a guy that was ballyhooed and broke all the records. But if you get a California quarterback who comes to Alabama and becomes a superstar, carry, that's going to open another uh, another gate. And I just think if, if Blake Barnett ends up being that young man, then you, I think you'll see maybe a pipeline start. It just takes one. And then if you get yourself established, uh, you become uh, you, you expand your recruiting territory even more. And as we all know, with Nick Saban at Alabama, Alabama football has become a national brand. Without a doubt. And uh, <laughs> since we've only got 19 minutes left in the show, approximately, uh, I guess it's time for me to send out my uh, weekly clarion call to Marty. <laughs> we can't have a week without Marty. So, Marty, this is your cue, sir. Uh a couple other things I wanted to run by you, Drew. Um, just some kind of notes I picked up here and there. Uh, are we still thinking that Deron Payne is a Abamaline and b pushing for a package deal with him and Keith Mixon? Well, I think he's definitely a Abamaline. Carried. He came back for the. Well, he came to both camps. He came to the. Uh, he did not work out at the June first camp, June first through the fourth, but he was there for multiple days. He and Keith Mixon did work out. Keith Mixon clocked a four four, worked out very well, uh, you know, and he and they both and then Daron Payne spent a lot of time with the coaching staff. And then he came to lineman camp and but they he did not work out as far as in the one on one, but they he and Keith Mixon worked out with Scott Cochran. And I think they got indoctrinated into what Coach Cochran's gonna expect. I think it would not surprise me if Daron Payne comes back in June. But Keith Mixon, the reason I think that could happen is Alabama needs a slot athlete in this class, uh, and I really like Keith Mixon. I think he's one of the handful of kids in state that, much like Jalen Harris, has been underrated. 
I understand he's only 5'9", about 170, 175 pounds, but I think you've probably seen the thing. You've seen him live, Gary. I've so seen him live. And I do. The night I was there, he scored like three or four times. He scored about every way you can score. Basically, coming out of high school, he's a slightly quicker version of Marquise Mays. Right. And, you know, and, 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 and my favorite Alabama football player of all time was that size, Kerry. And he's, he was the Wildcat quarterback before there was a Wildcat. And he, he, was, he only ran a 4-6. If he could have run a 4-4, he would have been the most unstoppable college football player of all time. But, you know, David Palmer was my favorite player. And Thank he you. was just absolutely the quickest laterally kid I've ever seen. He could make, his coach saw him to say he could make you miss in a phone booth. You're right, and, and he could. And, I mean, one of my favorite moments of all time was uh, Keith Jackson and Bob and Bob Greasy did this game. But one of my it's – it's a YouTube clip, and I still have it on VHS somewhere. But it was the 93 Ole Miss game. Oh, uh, yeah, I was in, there. In, in Jackson. They, they, it, was, it was the Super Bowl to them. And we were losing the game until they put David in at quarterback. And I'll never forget, he made Gary Abide eject himself. They're middle you know linebacker. He, you know what he also did? And when he would come in at quarterback, he would take his right glove off, his right receiver glove, so he could get a grip <laughs> on the ball. He threw a pass in that game. The Kevin Lee. Yeah, that game was actually in Oxford. Uh, it was in Oxford. You're right. You're right. I, I was there is the reason I know that. And he threw the pass to Kevin Lee. And I'm like, damn, a 5'9 receiver just threw a perfect spiral down the field to uh, uh, Kevin Lee was fast as heck, too. He was probably a 4'4". He played several years in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Uh, David had a decent career with Minnesota Vikings, about six years, primarily as a punt returner, now working as an assistant football coach at, uh, at Parker High School. Uh, David is an, an interesting study. He really is. Uh, and, and what I meant, too, was Kevin Lee played in the NFL. He threw a perfect yeah, post Kevin pattern. Did, yeah, Kevin did, yeah. I mean, years. he played – he threw a perfect post pattern. Cole had not been throwing the ball all day, and he hits Kevin. I mean, he was unbelievable. I mean, he had some and, good kick returns that game. He had a quarterback keeper or two. He beat Ole Miss by himself. I ain't gonna well, lie. I remember the one-liner from <laughs> from Keith Jackson. It's one of my favorites of all time. He turned to Bob uh, Greasy and he said, "Running through a thunderstorm." <laughs> Get everything. And, and, and uh, I, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But uh, uh, well, I don't but, know if Marty. I guess Marty hadn't called in yet. Uh, let's talk about a couple other guys. What's up, Marty? Just Colin Holt. Well. <laughs> He can wait till after this question. Drew, what's the gut feeling uh, right now on Tyler Carr, offensive lineman from Gadsden? Speaking of Marty. You know, I still think Auburn. I mean, I know Andrew Bone and some other people in in, in my business have said 50-50. I know he visited Alabama for two days. Uh, I know it's a lot's been made that his father went to Auburn, but but they're saying he grew up an Alabama fan. My take is – I'm going to be honest with you, Kerry. I'm not sure that, that Tyler Carr is a take for Alabama. Um, I think that he, he's an interior offensive lineman. And to me, Brandon Kennedy is a better player. Um, if he could play tackle, he, he would definitely be, I think, high up Alabama's list. And I still think he's up on the board. But I'm not sure that he's going to be a take for Alabama. I firmly believe that he'll end up being an Auburn Tiger in the end. That's my take on the situation, but we will see. But I I felt like, uh, you know, since for this most of the spring that, and I we talked to Tyler Carr, Freddie Kirby, and I did my colleague, and we feel like Auburn is where he'll probably end up. 
and uh, when we look at his photo, he kind of looks like an Auburn guy. I hate to say that, but uh, but he's from Gadsden, and so is our next caller, our weekly caller, our uh, caller, uh, our caller uh, laureate, Marty. What's going on? Hey guys, I tell you what. Wow, what an interview with this young man, yeah, that, Blake. That, that was unbelievable. What an what an ambassador that will be for the University of Alabama when they when he gets to get in front of the microphone and gets to talk after games. I mean, I mean, I, I, Greg Macro is a great ambassador for the University of Alabama, but I believe this young man is going to beat beat Greg out on that on that part. Well, oh, I, I tell you what, Drew. For those of us that cover the team on a regular basis, three or four years from now. Two guys that will be coming to the media room all the time will be Keaton Anderson and Blake Barnett. Mark my words. I, I can agree with that, and, and Rayshon Evans as well. I think that's two of our, three of our yes, best. Yes, Rayshon players. as well. I agree. Rayshon was great. Keaton was great. And then Blake Barnett and his father were very gracious with their time. I know they've been busy today. There's no telling how many interviews Blake has done. <laughs> so, I mean, we were very appreciative of them, uh, very appreciative of his father for deciding to come on with us. You know, they're two hours ahead of us right now, but it came at a good time. And we're, we're also very fortunate to have spoken to his high school coach, who will be on next week and can expand even more on Blake. And we'll also try to get Dennis Giles. I have his phone number as well, his quarterback coach, because obviously this is a crucial piece to Alabama's puzzle. And I think Marty will got to hear the interview. Marty, the kid's a, he's a great young man. That was an awesome uh, display from uh, a kid that I think knows what he wants and has a has a bright future at Alabama. I'm so excited. I, I really am for him to come. I'm excited for his dad to be able to come down to an Alabama game and get to experience the atmosphere in real football town. I'm telling you, that, that, that will be exciting. I wish the camera would be on him and we could see what his reaction are. are. Well, we, hey, we, hey we, Marty, you, you and Carrie, I'll I put it on you too. You guys. You ought to be able to be bring him by the BAMS tent for at least one home game and introduce him to really? everybody. We'll give it a hey, shot. you're talking about Tyler Carr. I do have a little bit of insight on Tyler Carr. I'm, I'm right. uh, sort of friends with his dad, Philip, uh, mm-hmm. which are huge which are huge Auburn fans. Excuse me. And Auburn has been just beat down on this young man so much. You know, and I've heard, I'm hearing the same thing that that Tyler kind of is an Alabama fan, um, but not full fledged Alabama fan. But my gut feeling with this, and everybody I've talked to, and people I'm around, you know, uh, he he's definitely going to Auburn. And, and I'm like you, uh, Drew. I, I think there's better talent out there. I mean, yeah, he he went to school at Southside High School. Southside High School does not have that much talent. I'm sorry. They just don't have that much talent. You know, when you got Gaz and City, you got Southside, you got Glencoe, you got Etowah. You know, Southside is probably, in my opinion, the least talented school. Now, I know there's some things that's, that's come up lately with Southside, but I, I just don't see this guy. Uh, to me, I just don't see him a good fit for Alabama. That's just my opinion. Well, I, you know, I think he could play, you know, a guard spot, but Alabama's already taken. Dallas Warmack, Richie Pettibon, and Lester Cotton, who are very, very good players who were at the same combine as far as Lester Cotton and, uh, and, and being there, and, all, and, and, uh, and, and not Dallas Warmack, but I've seen Warmack, and we all know who his brother was. But I think those three guys are better interior players. And to be honest about it, everybody I've talked to, and Kerry's done the same probably with John Garcia and some people that he speaks with, 
in Rodney Orswell. Here, the Brandon Kennedy of Wetumpka is maybe the best center in the country. And I'd take him ahead of Carr right now. I, absolutely. There's and, no doubt. And he, and he got offered at the camp. He was very, very good. I think, you know, the guy we had on earlier, Anthony Jennings, is the only one that beat him in the one-on-ones. He's, he's just, he's, his profile has just exploded. Auburn wants him very badly, too. I think Auburn has finally offered him as well. But it's going to be interesting to see. Hopefully he'll come back in July for the camp. Kennedy will. But he, uh, he was really excited about the Alabama offer. We'll just have to see. But, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, the, the 247 crystal ball has become the in vogue thing. I've heard people saying, well, everybody's crystal balling to Auburn or it's going leaning in that direction. Well, I'll say this. Everybody had, you know, Blake Barnett crystal ball to Oregon, and we saw where that happened, where that got you. And so I just think we'll see, you know, if Alabama turns up the heat on Kennedy, I think they could get him. But I think if they're going to take one more interior guy, Brandon Kennedy needs to be the one. Hey, I got one comment and one question for y'all guys, and, and I, want, I want to congratulate y'all too. Y'all did a great job on that interview, man. I, I've, I've heard a lot of interviews with a lot of people, but y'all kept the y'all kept the pace up. You kept it going. You kept it interested. Y'all, uh, kudos to you two guys, man. Y'all did a great job on that interview with him and his dad. But uh, my question is, uh, Deron Payne. Uh, I've been looking at this young man, and I really, I really think he's a good defensive tackle. Do you, you think Alabama really does have a really good shot at, at landing him? And my comment was that one thing I love hearing from Burnett on his interview with you guys is that, and what I took away from it was that, you know, I know Kiffin was a big part of bringing him here, but. I think he's really sold on Saban. So if if for whatever reason, if Lane Kiffin has a great year this year and decides to move on, I hope it will not influence this young man from from you know making a decision not to you know to commit here. So meeting with Saban so many times as he did made me feel comfortable. I think this young man is sold on this university, not just on Lane Kiffin. I would agree with that, Marty. I think the family is sold on Nick Saban. I think Blake Barnett is. I think he likes Lane Kiffin. But I think, you know, he referenced Saban many times and talked about meeting with him six times. They understand he is the one that puts the program together, and he's the one. He's won three national titles without Lane Kiffin. I think Lane Kiffin did a great job recruiting the family and has a lot of ties to California that really helped. But I, I think Lane Kiffin will be here more than one year because Lane Kiffin needs to rehabilitate himself. I mean, Coach Jim McElwain was here, and he used the three years that he was at Alabama to not over oh, four years not to rehabilitate himself, but to establish himself and become a head coach. But I think Lane Kiffin needs two to three years, three really, to so to see how Saban runs his program from the inside and to reestablish himself as an up and comer in the business and to and to help Alabama continue to roll and to then earn another head coaching shot because right now he has some rehabilitating as a coach that he needs to do with himself because he did not, you know, set the world world on fire at Southern California and everybody knows how the NFL went with the Raiders, which was a, 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 a not really all his fault, but then what happened at Tennessee. So, you know, Lane Kiffin needs the University of Alabama and Nick Saban right now to rehabilitate his career. What about Jerron Payne? What do you think about him? Right, I really, and we talked about that before you came on, Marty, and I, I was going to just about to comment on that. I really think Payne is still a heavy Alabama lean, 
Um, I know Rodney talked about it when he was on with us. You heard him talk about John Tavius Johnson, six foot two, three hundred and thirty pound defensive tackle from Lincoln High School in Alabama, a three A school. You know the Golden Bears. He's a good prospect, and he he did really well at Alabama's lineman camp. Got a verbal offer, but honest to goodness, Alabama doesn't have a lot of room. They want DJ Jones. They want Deron Payne. I think those guys that they really want as far as take. They've already taken TD Moten, who has academic work to do. I think it's going to be a split. I think Deron Payne is going to go to Alabama, whether they take Keith Mixon or not. And personally, I hope they do uh, because I think he's worth taking. He's skilled. He's a smaller athlete, but he's skilled enough. And I think, honestly, with John Tavius Johnson, Auburn had offered him first. I think John Tavius will probably end up at Auburn. They like him as a defensive tackle. So you'll have Deron Payne, Alabama, John Tavius Johnson at Auburn, and hopefully everybody's happy in that situation because I think Alabama has been in on Deron Payne. Now, Auburn wants Deron Payne, but I think Alabama has been in on him the longest. He, he, you know, he, he came to all three of Alabama camps last summer. I think he's going to do the same thing this summer. And then, obviously, Kerry has talked about it. We all know who the head coach is at Chase Valley High School, Bill Smith, former punter at Alabama, and that's going to help the tide as well. Well, you, you know, I work around a lot of Auburn guys that they're, you know, they think they're in touch with the program, and, and they really feel comfortable that they got Harris in the bank. Uh, and and well, I, I and they've got me convinced of that as well. You talking about Jalen Harris? Yes. Well, I I would lean that way, uh, Marty. We talked about that tonight. Kerry asked me that. Rodney Orr had asked me that on the way before we came on this show. Uh, I think Jalen Harris is probably going to go to Auburn. Uh, the the Luton Kirchen angle has been well documented. But just from not even that angle, from interviewing him two days ago, and he's a class young man, first of all. I've interviewed him three times. He's very, very good, very well-spoken. Uh, we will, if he commits to Alabama, we will most definitely have him on this show. But as of right now, if you had to ask me, I would say he was going to choose Auburn next Tuesday. Uh, like Kerry said, that could change five times. But if you ask me right now, and Kerry can, can give his take, but I think Jalen Harris is going to choose Auburn, and that's my opinion. We all felt this way hey. about Rashawn Evans, too. You just don't know. Well, yeah, exactly. That's true. But I, I I didn't hear a lot about Rashawn Evans though from my guys at work. They they was kind of torn. They just didn't know what to, to feel about them. But I've been hearing a lot about Harris. They feel comfortable. I don't know why they feel comfortable, but they do. You know. But one last thing I want to comment on and get y'all's opinion on: what kind of meltdown would it be if uh, Blake Harris, uh, Blake Sims was announced that he is going to be the starting quarterback at Alabama? Well. I, I, I'll they lost the game. Well, you know, I, you know, I think everybody would support it, Marty. I mean, but you know, Jacob Coker has gotten a lot of hype. But the bottom line is, he has to go out and he has to earn it. Uh, you know, the only reason there would be con- some consternation is because of the way Blake performed in the A Day game. But you know, that's not him neither here nor there. He he still had a very strong spring, and I think a lot of people are rooting for Blake because he's been a team guy. I mean, he's 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 going to Ken Maestrol, working uh, the quarterback guru, working on his game. He's as, as everybody has said, he has not sulked one time, even when they brought Coker in. He's always been a team guy. He's even helping Coker learn the offense. I mean, he's a young man that you root for. He knows he. We, well, you have seen Marty how prevalent transferring is in this climate in college. He could have easily transferred to another school and tried to get on the field faster. And he was moved 
moved to two, two or three different positions. He, when he first got to Alabama, he went through a spring at safety. You know, he was on defense some. Then he was he spent a season at running back. I mean, he's just all, but he stuck with it. You got to admire him for it. And then he finally gets a shot at the starting quarterback, but then they bring in a transfer, but he doesn't hang his head. You just got to admire a guy like Blake Sims, who is a team guy. And, and I've heard all the rumors about them having a Blake Cat package. You hope they do that for the young man, and they can get in. If he doesn't start, then he can get in and at least contribute because he deserves it. It wouldn't even shock me in the end if he's a captain with what all I've heard about the young man. And you got to tip your hat to Blake Sims for not worrying about himself and, and putting the team first. I agree. But, you know, you hear all this out there about – if Blake Sims is the starting quarterback, Alabama's nine and three or eight and four. So you know that, that's the only thing that concerns me about that. Well, here's the thing: what did, what did everybody predict Auburn to be last year, Mari? About eight and uh, four. There you go. And then true. nobody that's thought that, that you know that that uh, that they would that, that they would be able to have the season that they had and and be one two plays away from winning the national championship and. You know, Nick Marshall to have the year he had, not like Cam Newton, but still a very fine season. Nobody would have thought that. So you never know going into a year what's going to happen. I'll say this. Alabama can still win with Blake Sims. I'm not sure they can win the national championship, but they're still going to have more talent than just about everybody they play. If Blake Sims could run the offense and not turn the football over with the running backs that Alabama's got in the wide receivers, uh, with the offensive line, is, you know, if it comes along like Kevin Steele seems to think it's going to, as I heard him speak, then I think Alabama has a chance to have a very fine football team. But the biggest key is not – and everybody's talking about the quarterback that they've got to find a kicker because eventually a field goal is going to be needed to, to put a ball game away or to win a ball game. And from what I saw in the spring, that was a much bigger question mark than any spot on the football team. we got to wrap it up, Marty. But we appreciate you calling well, as always, man. Appreciate all you do for BAMS Radio. And um, for Marty from Gadsden, for Anthony Jennings, for – Rodney Orr, for Blake and Lance Barnett, and for Drew DeArmond, and for Thomas Watts. This is Kerry Clark signing off on another edition of BAMS Radio. Join us next week when we'll have William Redfish Barger. We'll have uh, Coach Steinberg from Corona, California, uh, that coaches Blake Barnett. And we're probably going to have John Garcia from Scott.com. So another big edition of BAMS next week. But this week's edition is winding down. Thanks again, everybody. You've been listening to BAMS Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. 
Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.